0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm.
1: I believe if you are going to invest in something, you have to understand it. You don't have to be the end all be all and, you know, the number one expert, but you have to understand it. And so I understand real estate. I'm like, okay, you can touch, you can feel this house. It's real. It's sitting right here. And so out of all of the strategies, I found a short-term rental investing, um, also known as Airbnb investing, to be one that could help us accelerate our savings anywhere from 3X what you would uh, expect from just a regular uh, long-term rental to 10x even.
0: Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Can you have the best of both worlds? Can you work a job that you love while being a really successful real estate investor and build wealth? Well, if you're Rachel Gainsborough, the answer is yes. Rachel was facing what so many of us face, huge, huge student loans. I'm talking over $500,000 and a passion to figure out a revenue stream that would help her create a life she didn't need a vacation from. After a lot of research, Rachel found short term real estate rentals, mainly through Airbnb, and was able to create a five times her investment revenue stream, which just basically changed her life and her family's. On this episode, we dive into Rachel's story of success as she shares with you how to find the right properties for short term rentals, how to avoid some of the biggest mistakes when it comes to real estate investing and how to work a nine-to-five job and still be a successful real estate investor. I hope this episode inspires you to think that if Rachel can do it, you can do it too. Let's start talking. Rachel, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Shauna. What an important topic that you're covering, and we're just so grateful for all that you're putting out there for the community.
0: Thank you. Well, it, it helps to have amazing guests like yourself to, to bring all these, um, you know, these conversations to life. And, and when I was prepping for our interview, I, I read your, your background and I, I love that you have this great immigrant story and how unique your American dream journey has really been. You were born in Haiti, raised in Miami you became a doctor no less and and you were left with what many of us face very hefty student loans i believe the number is somewhere over 500,000 which is a lot and mm-hmm. you found airbnb mm-hmm. investing you own 18 different properties and somehow you miraculously balanced like being a healthcare professional by day and rental investor by night but before we dive into your story a little bit more I really just want to talk about the state of the real estate market right now. You know, what what's going on with the market? And I guess the further question is, does it still make sense to become a rental investor with, with the current climate?
1: Oh, what a great question. And I hear this question asked a lot in the communities that I'm a part of, because you're right, there has been some Uh, drastic changes, we have higher interest rates, we have a cost of entry that is higher um, over the last, I would say, 12 months or so than what we have seen in the past. But what's interesting, Shauna, is for those who are looking to invest, for those who are looking to purchase their first or next property, we're finding that those who are selling are willing to negotiate more than they have been willing to in the last two years. So there are deals out there more so than before. And I still am confident that now is still a great time to get in. Yes, the interest rates are higher if you're looking to purchase a property using a lender. However, there are some tax benefits and legislation around some tax benefits that are out there that could benefit a lot of those who are buyers in the market today.
0: Mm, do you know any, can you, can you give us a little bit more information about some of those tax benefits?
1: Yeah. So for full disclaimer, I'm not a tax accountant (laughs) or or any of that. But um, one of the tax benefits that members of my community have been taking advantage of is the bonus depreciation that comes with uh, purchasing a short term rental. So it's a loophole. If you will, if you purchase a short term rental, you can accelerate the depreciation on that property on the passive losses. So, say for instance, um, the cost of the cabinets, the cost of the furnishings, the cost of the roof, all of that is segmented out by a specialist. And instead of taking the depreciation, Uh, year over year, over the next, let's say, 27 or 30 years, you can take it all in year one. You can take 100% of the losses or the tax write-off year one in 2022. 2023, it's 80%. 2024, it's 60%. So, Leveraging that has made such an impact um, for so many of the members of my community because at 100%, it really helps to offset your W-2 or offset your other uh, business taxes that you're paying. And the benefit can exceed the interest rate that a lot of people are hesitant to move forward with.
0: Yeah, that is a great advantage. And I would say if you're listening and you're intrigued by this, talk to your accountant for sure. But um, I actually did this when I purchased um, an SUV about 10 years ago. Um, I was able to take almost the entire depreciation in year one. And so the beauty of it is is what you were saying, Rachel, is it could significantly lower or even take away your uh, taxable income, if you will. So that is an awesome advantage to know about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for those who are hesitant, that's why I emphasize taking a look at that to see whether or not it's something that your tax accountant or your tax strategist feels is a good uh, financial plan for you. Everyone has a different (laughs) uh, profile. Right. But if you're able to leverage their expertise and if they are uh, well versed in the real estate world, They can definitely give you some insight on that. So I I really believe that this can exceed, you know, any of the interest rate hikes that we're seeing uh, with purchasing properties right now.
0: Well, I would love to hear your story, Rachel, of, of like the very first investment property that you had. If you can kind of take us back then when you were like, hey, you know, why don't I do both things? Like, why don't I be this healthcare professional and also be an investor?
1: So for me, it started after we were able to climb that um, peak of getting rid of quite a bit of our student loan debt. We looked around and we saw, okay, great. We don't have this mountain of debt, but we didn't have any savings, Shauna. And so that was a little bit concerning. We were raising two boys at the time and we really didn't have a significant amount of savings. And so we started to strategize, okay, what would this look like? How do we accelerate our savings and we looked at all of the real estate investing strategies as well as some other strategies as well like maybe investing in somebody else's company like a startup nice. you know and we saw that the risk was there you know it's hit or miss if you're going to hit or just completely flop <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin had come out at the time, so cryptocurrency was one thing we looked at. We didn't quite understand it, so we moved on to real estate. (laughs) Like, okay, (laughs) next. And that's one thing I believe in. I believe if you are going to invest in something, you have to understand it. You don't have to be the end all, be all, and you know, the number one expert, but you have to understand it. And so I understand real estate. I'm like, okay, you can touch, you can feel this house. It's real. It's sitting right here. And so out of all of the strategies, I found a short-term rental investing um, also known as Airbnb investing to be one that could help us accelerate our savings anywhere from three X what you would uh, expect from just a regular, uh, long-term rental to 10 X even. And so we we started off you know, with some of the other strategies. We looked at wholesaling, we looked at uh, syndications, we didn't go all in on them yet. As a matter of fact, I remember driving to this property in Alabama, allegedly it was $17,000 and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. But as you get closer and closer to this particular property, uh, we weren't in Kansas anymore to say the least. <laughs> So it it just became really concerning that okay, this space does not feel safe. And then as soon as we arrived at the property, um the property unfortunately looked like it had been caulked or duct taped together, the roof oh was caving my gosh. in. I know that little glimmer of gold and the sun, all of that, that we had seen in the photos <laughs> was a very different perspective. And so that's when I quickly realized I'm not going to be one of those, you know, fix and flippers that you see on HGTV, right? Like that's a whole project. That's a whole other job. But I wanted something that would, um, I could just kind of walk in to, if there are a few things to be done, like carpet and paint. I can start to uh, generate revenue within 30 to 60 days. That became my goal at that point. I said, okay, I can't <laughs> project manage a, a year-long renovation. I have to find a property that is ready to go and by, you know, the second month or so, I already have my my mortgage covered and then start generating cash flow that way. And so that changed the criteria for our purchase. We ended up purchasing a property uh, within, I would say, two miles of where we lived. Yeah. It was mm-hmm, it was for like $280,000 or $290,000 was the purchase price. But the area, the property values were $400,000. So I was very familiar with it. It did need a roof. Um, replaced. So there was a company, they replaced the roof in three days. It needed carpet. It needed paint. Um, so all in, we were at about $19,000 all in. That's with, um, you know, the down payment even because we, we had found a company that was a local bank that was willing to do a 5% down, uh, which was great. And then the roof was about $7,000 and then furnishings. And so, for about twenty thousand, or maybe twenty twenty-five k, um, we we started our journey, and and that house rented for anywhere from, I would say, six to nine thousand dollars a month overall, on a on a nightly rate, of course, and and that was our very first short term rental.
0: Wow! So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of maybe somebody yeah. listening. You know, how do you walk into a property and assess like, okay, this just needs maybe some carpet and like a few little fixer items? Like, how do you know if you're getting a, a lemon of the house a lemon of a house or you're getting one where you could have your scenario?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I had consumed a lot of um real estate related content uh via podcasts and books throughout the last uh Year or two prior to that purchase, and I I had an idea of the big things to look at. For instance, the mechanical things: AC, electrical, plumbing, roof. So those are going to be your big things that are um, going to <laughs> yeah be expensive to fix, but they're figure outable. So if you can assign a number to it, so the aha moment for me was. Instead of thinking, oh, if it needs a new roof, I'm walking away. Um, the better questions to ask is if it needs a roof, well, how much does that cost? And how much does that factor into my formula? Will I be you know, losing money on the deal or is it still a, a viable deal? And so I charted that out. Uh, I Again, I understood the big mechanical things. I understood how much those things would cost, like kind of a range of what it would cost. And I relied heavily on um, the inspector who is inspecting the property after we placed the property, um, an offer on the property, as well as contractor, relatives, and friends that I connected with as well to ask them for their insights. So if there was consistency across the board, I felt confident, which there was, I felt confident that uh, the property was a viable property.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I like having this kind of idea of having a team in place, right? That that helps you through Mm -hmm. this. And uh, I want to talk about this shortly before we kind of dig deeper into short term rentals. But I am I'm seriously addicted to like any TV shows that have anything to do with home buying, remodeling. I mean, you name it. (laughs) I've probably watched it like at least a couple of times. And I just checked out your episode on Netflix on on, By My House with with your husband. And of course, congrats on making a deal. That was was fantastic.
1: But tell us a little
0: bit, you know, what was your experience like being on this show?
1: Oh, my goodness. It was such an interesting experience, nevertheless. So this show was filmed, I want to say over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. And it it was just quite an experience. They had uh, reached out to us based on the revenue that we're generating on this particular property that was on the show. And one of the data analysis tools that I use to evaluate short-term rentals, uh, that company is called AirDNA. And they actually um, were working with this casting company to cast for the show and they reached out. And uh, we were uh, interviewed, my husband and I were interviewed via Zoom, uh, and they selected us and uh, came out to the property. They filmed us here on site in Georgia uh, at that property. And then they flew us out to New Mexico to film uh, the second portion of the show where oh, you saw us in this. Yeah, in the room with the, the tycoons. Uh, <laughs> so that was in Albuquerque on their set. And that's a set of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which I think is hilarious.
0: Oh, how but, fascinating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: here's, the, right? here's the
0: place where the real estate deals are going to happen to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it was such an interesting experience. Uh, but to be honest, after um, the filming had occurred, I hadn't heard back. I thought perhaps, you know, with all that's going on, maybe the show is not going to air anymore. Uh, and then at the end of August, I hear, oh, there's a show airing called By My House. And lo and behold, it was the show. So... Yeah, just, just a really interesting experience. Uh, Nonetheless, a lot of wardrobe. Uh, You're in the, uh, you know, the green rooms and back (laughs) for a while, hurry up and wait. It it was just different than what you, you know, someone like me would expect from, you know, show business. It's not just flashy lights all the time. It's like you're waiting and waiting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's the hurry up and waiting. You know, actually, you are about the third person who has mentioned air DNA to me. Tell me tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So Air DNA is a data aggregator. So they pull all of the data from all of the Airbnb and verbal listings out there. And the data would include, you know, the number of bedrooms, the nightly rate the cleaning fees, the monthly revenue, the annual revenue. <clears throat> and it's it's actually my go-to tool when I start uh, looking for a property. And then when I'm diving in even deeper, I'll go back and go in there. So there's like, it's premium, right? So there's that free version that you can look and see maybe two or three data points. But once you uh, get the paid version, you can go drill in a little bit more and see more uh, data points, such as seasonality numbers, what that looks like, uh, types of amenities that are um, more um, visible in that market, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. And I think what's what's interesting, um, I mean, data obviously is very helpful, right? And when you were uh on by my house and you were talking about your house in, in Peachtree, i believe and near near mm-hmm. atlanta and you were talking yeah. about um the the rental rates that you were getting from that house and it was having to do with the movie industry that was in in atlanta and so you were making just Astronomical amounts of money each month from mm-hmm. this property. You know, I'm I'm thinking as as those of us listening, like if we're interested in this idea of like Airbnb investing and and short term rental investing. You know, how do we find like those little niches where they're can be like so super profitable?
1: Yeah, so they're everywhere, believe it or not, uh, Shauna. So. There's two verticals that I serve. It is the movie industry and the other vertical that I serve are individuals who are displaced from their home, unfortunately due to say, you know, a hurricane or, or a fire or a disaster. So if something were to happen to their home because of their insurance coverage, they would be placed in another uh, home that is of similar, um, you know, similar type, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to preserve their um, um, lifestyle, so to speak. And so if you are in an area with, you know, really good schools, homes that are a little bit at the higher cost of living area, and the neighbor's home catches on fire and your home happens to be a a rental, then based on the property value, uh, you can get really um, lucrative monthly uh, rent uh, from the insurance company essentially. Mm -hmm.
0: And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. You know i've read a lot of articles lately i believe there was one i just read i think it was in the new york times but i'm not 100 sure but they were talking about like all the rental real estate that was bought in the last few years and how so many of the properties are not actually making decent cash flow and really costing owners more than they expected so like thinking about the flip side maybe like what are some of the the red flags or what are the some of the things that you should stay away from so that you can make sure that your property, you know, isn't one of those where nobody wants to rent it out.
1: Oh, that's a great question. So, as it relates to a short-term rental investing, I could speak to that more than long-term rental. Yeah, per se.
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, with short-term rental investing, you have to understand that that traveler, especially the luxury traveler, they're looking. Um, for an experience, and they're going to be more select, right? And with the advent of Airbnb, we understand the vast majority of hosts um, have one or two homes on the property. They are middle-aged women. Uh, According to the data, Airbnb, uh, women made over, I want to say, it's either 5 billion. I hate that I don't have this. On my uh, on my cheat sheet or something at the moment, yes. but like five billion dollars—that's in, <laughs> in revenue, right? Last year, and outpaced men. And nothing against men. I, I, my, I have boys. My husband, you know, nothing against men. But it shows you that there is such an opportunity, and there is gold, right? And being able to create your own business and being an entrepreneur and serving. Uh, your clientele. but with that has come a lot of listings, a lot of different options for travelers, right? And so how are you going to stand out from the, the crowd? you need to ask yourself that. So whenever I'm going into a new market, whenever I'm looking to um, find my next property of where to invest, One thing that I look at is the occupancy rate of that entire market as a whole. And AirDNA, if you go to the free tool, the Rentalizer, you can Google AirDNA Rentalizer, the free tool, you can place any address that you want in there and it's going to spit out for you the occupancy rate. And if it's below 50% occupancy rate, To me, that indicates there are not a lot of travelers in that area. I typically stay away from that market. Okay, so if there is more supply than demand, right, there's houses, but not enough people going to the houses, um, then that's not going to be a good fit. So occupancy rate is huge for me. And then after that, I just look into the various um, components in terms of my budget, purchase price, property value. So I look at those things. But once I get really um, granular, I'm looking at the property as a whole. As I'm driving to the property, whether I'm driving there physically or virtually, I'll do a Google (laughs) uh, pin drop to walk (laughs) around the neighborhood. I want to see what is the vibe there? Is it, you know, we have our, you know, cars parked on our lawn, tires on the front lawn. Does it look, um, you know, challenged? Does it look like the hood where I grew up in Miami? You know, that's going to be challenging to market that property to that select traveler, right? Because there's that component with, you know, the guests they want to experience you know, a luxury stay. And part of that is um, immersing themselves with nature. Sometimes Uh, the other part is uh, connecting with those they're traveling with. They want to reconnect with nature, um, the convenience of check-in and check-out. So those are the things that I would look at if the property already has like smart locks. That's a plus for me. If not, I will place a smart lock there because convenience is definitely the key for those guests to start you know, to envision themselves as having a good stay there, that that first uh, interaction with the property is like, okay, I had to fumble around a lockbox to get the key that, you know, kind of already dampers the impression of the property.
0: Mm, Interesting. I like that a lot. You know, I think uh, right, and in, in real estate, the saying right is location, location, location. And I would re- imagine even with a short-term rental, it's probably even more so because people are going there for whether it's a vacation or some sort of extended stay, and they want to be in an environment that feels comfortable to them, that maybe feels like home. You know, whatever it is that you're that you're looking for. I'm wondering. I mean, the answer could be no for sure on this, but I'm wondering have you ever had a short-term rental that just, it didn't go right?
1: For me, yes, actually. So the one that didn't go right was one of the short-term rentals we purchased was in an area with an optional, quote unquote, optional HOA. (laughs) (laughs) Optional. Okay.
0: I'm understanding this now.
1: (laughs) Right. I still don't understand it, to be honest with you. And so, um, For all the listeners, just say no to HOAs unless, and I do have a caveat, unless um, the HOA is there to uh, collect uh, fees for really amazing amenities, such as like a lagoon pool, a golf course, or something really fun, right, a boat slip. If the community has those types of major amenities that they're collecting fees for that, yes, I understand having an HOA. So that must be present for me to even consider a property uh, that has an HOA, but there's one more thing that has to be present as well. You have to have both. Number two is more than 50% of the properties that are in that HOA are short term rentals so that I'm not outvoted <laughs> so uh, just say no to HOAs unless you know those things are are um present because that's what tanked uh, one of our short-term rentals is the optional HOA. They didn't want anything to do with having a short-term rental in that particular neighborhood. And so they were miserable. Our guests were miserable. They made each other miserable. And so less than a year, we sold that property because we didn't necessarily want to make the neighbors miserable and we didn't want our guests to be miserable, right? Getting, you know, uh, glared, you know at by the yes. neighbors and all of the things. It's just not a good, comfortable uh, feel. So needless to say, that one did not go well.
0: I was like, thank you for your candor. Because I, I like to share, you know, obviously, when th- things don't always go as planned. And I think it's important to share those stories as well. I, I want to just circle back a little bit to to your story in this massive amount of of student loan debt which i think we can all agree that student loans are sort of like the silent killer right wealth killer for so many of us and you know i I know that so many of us listening have this idea of maybe wanting to start an airbnb side hustle or second business And, and you've actually done this with two careers so tell us a little bit about like how do you manage to balance both careers without without I'm thinking without some like serious sleep
1: deprivation? Oh, man. No, that's a great question. It did start (laughs) with some of that because, you know, as you're starting something new, the anxiety is there. You're wondering, okay, did I remember to do this? Did I remember to do that? And I will warn you with short term rentals or Airbnb or setting up a property, it's never quite perfect. And you can spend forever zhuzhing things up, you gotta kind of give yourself a deadline and just stop, right? <laughs> like, you know what? This is going to have to be enough. And you just walk away, just walk away from it. But um, definitely the support of my family has been really, really key. So, my husband and I, he has a background in psychotherapy. So, he has a practice and he served the at Atlanta Public School. A system for years. And so he and he and I we tag teamed it. You know, he took care of a lot of the maintenance requests and helping coordinate with cleaners and I took care of guest communications and the billing side of things until we were able to get a lot of that automated and outsource. Um, uh, quite a bit of it with like one virtual assistant who helps us with guest communications. Yes. And of course, cleaners, we have a cleaning team, three deep. We learned you want to be three deep because Ooh, if one good. has yes. a con- yeah, one has a conflict, the other is ill. And then you need a third one. So uh, our backup is actually um, a, a, uh, an app called turnover BNB we use that app which is great because you can see the reviews of the cleaners and you know the hosts that they previously served to see whether or not it's a good fit so using apps like that you know to find those service providers have come in during a pinch for sure
0: the weather is getting warmer i'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts Well, Rachel, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of a pep talk. So if if we're listening and we want to start investing in short-term rentals, but maybe we're thinking, you know, it just isn't possible. Maybe we don't have a lot of cash or we're kind of doubting ourselves. Like, you know, can we do it? Like, what do you think? Like, what what should our action plan be if if we're interested in in getting started, but we have no idea where to start?
1: Oh, I love that question. Okay, so here's the deal. First of all, everything is figure outable, right? So if you want to do it, you absolutely can do it. And if I were starting out from the very beginning, say I even had student loan debt and you know, just newly graduated, what I personally would do is find a way to purchase something that has an opportunity to house hack, and I would start there. And so what house hacking is, say you purchase a duplex, for you know two hundred thousand dollars, you wouldn't of course have to pay the two hundred thousand dollars on day one. I know some people feel as though cash is the only way to purchase a property, and I honor that and I respect that. But really, you may qualify for something as low as like three percent down or ten percent down. You know, so for less than ten thousand dollars, you can be in that property and. If it's a two family property, meaning, you know, you can live in one portion and someone else lives in the other portion that you're able to Airbnb, I think that's such a great place to start. And this is a question that I get asked by a lot of med school students who are about to graduate with all the debt. And I told them, you know, when I left, I I graduated from uh, school with a whole lot of airs. I had put on so many airs, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be this big woman with all this money. I didn't count the cost of the debt. So I went and bought a big old house, <laughs> went to the Range Rover boutique. I thought I had it made, but come time for the student loans to be you know, paid for, it was in absolutely astronomical. We ended up selling everything and living in an apartment to pay off debt. So don't do what I did. Going back, I would have housed hacked, (laughs) bought one property that has the opportunity for two different families, you know, to live there, like a duplex and start there. That's where I would start because everything is figurable You just never know. You know, some of us are sitting on, you know, an asset, a property that has an opportunity in the backyard to create like a really cool glamping experience. Right. I've seen someone renting out a hammock for $50 a night in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Like what in the world? And so your imagination is only your limitation. So, you know, of course, take a look at your regulations in the area that you're looking to invest to really understand what that looks like. But everything is figure outable, really. This is a sharing economy. Uh, you got this, go for it. And, you know, reach out if you need any support. There are a lot of people out there willing to support you.
0: Okay, so we are headed into the end of another crazy year. A lot of us are really looking forward to turning that calendar over to 2023. (laughs) Um, Some are even saying that 2023 could be the biggest new year, new you, year, we'll see. But if you could (laughs) peer into a crystal ball, Rachel, like, what do you think the 2023 rental real estate market, what is it going to look like?
1: Oh, I love it. I I really think, especially with the short term rental, it is going to continue to provide experiences for those who are looking for like those unique stays. I know I alluded a little bit to those glamping experiences, but I think it's going to get bigger and better. Those dome houses, I see people building out entire dome communities, which I don't know if you've seen them before, but they're just really yes. um, unique and cool looking. And I know people who are just flying out to the middle of nowhere to go and stay in this dome community. I mean, which is awesome, right? Places that you probably wouldn't think to visit, but because it has this really unique um, you know, experience, people are willing to go there. I, I really believe people want to experience something different. They want to live their best life, even maybe an Instagrammable inspired type of life and if you're a short term rental host, if you're an Airbnb host, simply putting a wallpaper on a wall that has neon lights, you know, something like that could really draw those indiv- individuals in who are looking for those unique experiences. So definitely, I think it, it's still such an opportunity for those who are looking to get into this space. Uh, but really, just getting laser focused on what it is that you really want and, and figuring out who you need to partner with or what resources you need to make that happen happen because you can make it happen.
0: When I was a practicing financial planner, I got to peek into a lot of people's money situations. And I can tell you the wealthiest of those, they all had some form of real estate, whether it was commercial, rental, short term, you name it. Investing in real estate, yes, it's not for everyone, but it certainly is a way, if done right, that you can build substantial wealth. The beauty is that you have someone like Rachel ready and willing to share it all with you and help you shortcut your path to success. If you'd like to connect with Rachel, you can find her on Instagram at short.term.gems and be sure to grab her free resource, 75 Cities with the Highest Profitability at 75gems.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you share it with your friends and family members, help them get in on the action of short-term real estate investing. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing sponsors that make this show possible. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.